Yeah, NBA Australia, how are you going? How you going? It's NBA Australia, it's Thursday, December 16th. Oh, bro, only eight more shopping days to Chrissy, man. Have you got your ham? Have you got your pud? Get all the good stuff. What are you doing? I think I'm sorted. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes for whoever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here. In Larry Armour Studios, necking too much coffee. Oh, it's going to be a rough one today, I'll tell you that much. Hanging out, giving you the lowdown on all the ins and outs of the NBA season while repping Australia a bit. That's what we do. We don't take things too seriously, but we do take just enjoying basketball seriously. Doesn't that feel like that's kind of the problem with everybody? It's like, I fucking love basketball. You listen to anybody else talk about it, it's like, oh, man, this, this, and this. It's like, this is not fucking serious, man. And today was great proof of that. Wild NBA day! We got a 61-foot... Buzzer beating, banked in three from Devontae Graham. You had Austin Reeves with a game winner. Danny Ainge's back. You know, in the front office, he's not back out there on the court. Though, with all the COVID, uh, who knows? Coaches, players, cricketers uh, getting into the COVID health and safety protocols. Ant-Man went off today. India, horrible. Oh, going to yell about all that with the uh, nine games today. In the NBA Australia game wraps, uh, we've got a juicy slab of that's not a knife. Old mate, no mate, spot of the night, better than Lonzo Ball. We've got yeah, Nas. We've got the unpopular opinion of the day, and we've got Outback Takehouse. Where we're serving up a flame grilled take. It's actually a guest flame grilled take, which is so flame grilled it's completely fucking cooked. Uh, we've got the Australian Player Watch, absolutely chockers day for the Aussies today. Uh, Kiwi Corner, always do that on the Thursday. See how the big Stephen Adams is going. And we'll preview the four games tomorrow and pick them as well. And we'll finally get around to doing Jingles HR this week. So that's what we're going to finish off with. Righto, let's get to it. Episode 721 of NBA Australia. Let's go. Nick K, and you'll listen to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack! <laughs> you better. Oh, better watch out for the Isaac Okoro attack if you're uh, all of the Rockets. Jeez, we'll talk about that later. That was awesome. Uh, better watch out for the COVID attack as well. Let's get into today's uh, news and everything. The way we start every show here at NBA Australia with a daily... Whip around. Uh, yeah, got to watch out for that COVID. It's uh, got another coach in the protocols, Alvin Gentry. Uh, the Kings had to cancel their shoot-around before today's game, and they still won ahead and won, even with Doug Christie as their coach. He actually did a pretty good job. Uh, George Niang, friend of the program, uh, won't play tonight either. Didn't play today. Bit of a tough one. He's in the health and safety protocol. There's another one. And uh, basically comes down to the idea there has been 60 NBA players entering the health and safety protocols so far this season, 43 of which have been in the last couple of weeks. We had 13 yesterday. Jeez. So, well, yesterday, day before. Uh, So now the NBA and the uh, Players Association are basically uh, in talks to increase testing among players, whether they're vaccinated or unvaccinated, for all game and practice days. It's going to get crazy. And if you look at the news in the States, it's just, oh, yeah, it's not good. So they're going to have to do something. And uh, I kind of talked about this yesterday and the day before, actually, because it's not getting any fucking better. And you do have players who have had it, uh, who are vaccinated, and the variants floating around there, it doesn't seem to really matter so much. It's just like, you know, hopefully it's not too bad. If you cop it, you're not too rough. But, geez, it is uh, not smooth sailing at the moment. And the NBA just like, oh, geez, uh, yeah, I don't think we're going to pause the season or anything because money. Nice one. Uh, mention this, Danny Ainge. Oh, back. Uh, just a couple of months after going, nah, man, not even interested. I don't even care that Dennis Lindsay left. I don't want the jazz job. Hey, uh, Danny, do you want this uh, Utah job? Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> ah, Mormons. Gonna Mormon a little bit here. Isn't that it? How's it go? Like Danny Ainge, uh, famed in Utah, down there at BYU, was a star, star at BYU, uh, and was always kind of vaguely linked with Utah anyway, and especially after he stepped away from the Celtics. And the Jazz today formally named Danny Ainge, 
uh, their alternate governor and CEO of Jazz Basketball. Uh, the alternate <laughs> governor is pretty interesting. Basically, they're keeping Justin Zanuck, their uh, GM, who's done a really good job. Basically, he's there to oversee basketball ops and work with uh, Zanuck, etc. Pretty interesting sort of setup. Exactly the setup that Ainge was after, and weirdly enough, happens to be where he played his college ball with his good buddy Ryan Smith, the jazz owner, and our friend Mike Cannon-Brooks, and uh, all the uh, legends over there in charge of the jazz brought him in. So I'll talk about this again later in the NRs, but all right, sure. Uh, Steven Silas, a bit of an interesting one today. He was uh, treated for dehydration in the locker room. He had to basically abandon the sideline, which is pretty gnarly. Uh, hopefully he's all right, but geez, pretty crazy. Other news, Langston Galloway's being signed by the Nets, and I mentioned this yesterday. Come on. Righto, how quickly can we put Mitch Creek on a plane? Get him to Brooklyn, hang out with Patty Mills, off we go. You don't need fucking Langston Galloway, Brooklyn. You need the Creek Freak. Come on. Let's all be honest. You may as well put Dally on the plane as well. Get Dante over from Barcelona, and off you go. Let's get him going. Come on. So this is the hardship exception. Uh, yeah, the hardship exceptions uh, that we're seeing a bunch of teams having to uh, dip into. I mean, I'm just saying, Dante, Delhi, Thon, he doesn't, uh, he's not playing with Applewell Jerusalem anymore, so <laughs> let's go get him. Get him, Tiger. Get all the Aussies on a plane together. Make sure they're like triple masked. <laughs> and uh, land in there. Get your hardship exceptions. Get him some, uh, give him some run. Come on. How's Bangers recuperation going? Anyway, Langston Galloway to the Nets. Um, there are a lot of those sort of veteran dudes still floating around. And it's one of those ones where if Dante had have stayed, you do wonder if uh, maybe a team would have uh, taken a bit of a flyer on him for a hardship exception, if nothing else. Anyway, uh, CJ McCollum, a bit of an update. He's showing improvement in his recovery from his uh, right lung collapse, the pneumothorax, and he's going to be re-evaluated in a week, uh, which is pretty cool. Other little bits, uh, Jeremy Grant, more like Jeremy gone. Uh, Bleacher Report basically reporting that he's on the tr- well on the trading block more so than just about any player could be at the moment. Detroit's locked in on trading him. And uh, very clearly just going, Kay Cunningham, bring us home, baby, bring us home. And uh, last little bit of news, as per usual, the Ben Simmons update. Uh, Daryl Morey still wants a Harden or Lillard type dude. Uh, the Pelicans and the Sixers have been discussing trading firsts and pick swaps. And the Sixers are like, give us Ingram or fuck off. <laughs> So, apparently Ingram wasn't involved in the talks, and it's because the Pelicans were like, don't ask us about Ingram, we're not giving you Ingram. And Mora's like, all right, we'll see you later. Uh, Apparently, they're still asking for the moon, and hey, it's going to be interesting to see who wants to pay the moon. And if I'm the Blazers after another loss today, I'm just saying. Right, let's do some game raps. Game raps, 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 game raps. Cleveland. Cleveland are the best team in the end. Well, they're not the best, but they're probably everybody's favorite, aren't they? Even without Mobley today, no hassles. They shit-pumped Houston, 124-89. Smashed them out of the gates as well. 35-16 after one. It was over. That was game, folks. <laughs> the Rockets starters combined to go 8 of 32 and 3 of 17 from downtown. They had a total of 25 points. Unbelievable. No Eric Gordon, no Christian Wood, what ScoMo's got for uh, a bit of corruption. You know, all the good stuff. Anyway, Shengun was handy, 19, 11, and 5. Start him! 17 for Josh Christopher, but everybody else was horrible. 5 of 29 from 3, they went. Anyway, brutal. Get me some uh, Dante Exum on that Rockets team, and away we go. Uh, 21 for Garland, 20 for Isaac Okoro, dunked on everybody on the Rockets, as mentioned. 16 and 10 for Dean, the other D-Wade. Uh, for the Cavs, 15 and 6 for Caleb, 12 assists, 4 steals for Ricky Tiki Tata Rupi. Oh, what a team. Fucking love the Cavs. They're now 18 and 12. Uh, Houston now 9 and 19. Uh, Orlando shit the bed against Atlanta. Atlanta beat them 111 99 in the Magic Kingdom. Weird and wild game. Like, Orlando were close, and then bang, the back after the second quarter, the fucking Hawks smoked them up 14 and a half, and it was over from there. Literally didn't get any closer than 11, which was like just at the start of the third quarter. It got up to 23 in the fourth quarter. Orlando just, like, couldn't hit anything. 16 turnovers. Ice cold. Ice cold Anthony was ice cold Anthony today. 3 of 14 for 7 points. Jesus. 0 of 5 from downtown. T-Rose went 0 of 5 as well from downtown. He shot 7 of 17. 
Mo Wagner, hello. 19 and 6.34 from downtown. Don't mind a bit of Mo. Uh, but Franz went 5 of 14. And when you don't have Ice Cole and Franz uh, actually hitting shots, the Magic have no chance. Like, Wendell went 4 of 10. Didn't make much of an impact. It was nice to see uh, former New Zealand breaker RJ Hampton do okay. He played all right. 15 points, 4 assists. The Hawks, Trey Young, 28, 4 and 4. He went 11 to 22. 1 of 8 from 3. Watching Steph yesterday, he's like, oh, I'm going to do that. Not everybody's Steph Curry, bro. 21 and 10 for John Collins. That's a tall cocktail. 13 for uh, Cam Reddish. Lou Will at 14. 10 for Gallo. The bench was massive, obviously, there for the Hawks. Uh, as a team, they almost shot 50%. Good win. Orlando are a sneaky, absolutely devastatingly horrible 5 and 24. That is just... Abysmal, isn't it? Jesus. Anyway, Atlanta are 14 and 14. Miami outlasted Philly. Uh, I mentioned on yesterday's show if Embiid played, I'd pick the Sixers. Uh, and this was not a good pick because <laughs> they lost. They were getting killed. They got straight killed for most of this game. So he got straight killed. The Gabe Vincent game. Like, Hero, he sat out. No bam, no butts. And the Heat fucking dominated. It made zero sense. But Gabe Vincent couldn't miss. The Sixers were getting killed. They were down 23. And then Tyrese Maxey goes, all right, enough of this shit. Fuck. Got him back into the game. In the last six minutes, Danny Green just nails a couple of threes. And boom, the Sixers are right back. They're tied the game. Tobias the Nevernude Harris hits a three. Minutes ago, it's a tie game. It's absolutely insane. Lowry misses a three. And the rebound, long rebound gets tipped out to Gabe. Bang, hits another three. Heat go up three. The turnover, the... The Heat turn over the ball. Embiid can't get the game-tying three to go. He actually had a pretty good look. But uh, Duen, dead man, flying past him. Embiid can't get it to go. Miami, a huge win out of nowhere. With Philly, with Embiid back, and essentially kind of like their full-strength-ish kind of roster, apart from Corkmas. Like, pretty... And obviously George Niang, but geez. Mm, tough one. Maxi had 27-5 and five in the end. He shot 11-15. He was awesome. Tobias Harris. Hey, Tobias, we need to beat the Heat. You reckon you can get us 30? All right, 24 it is. 24, 5 and 4. 17 and 14 for Embiid. Uh, 1 of 5 from downtown. Look, didn't cover himself in glory in this one. Uh, but, I mean, in terms of, like, Embiid games, he went 5 of 13. The 1 of 5 from downtown is the one that kills you because he's like, oh, I'm 1 of 4. I better take this game dying 3. Oh, jeez. Anyway, uh, set the shit one, Curry. 3-7, he had 7 points. Probably a bit tired from watching his brother last night. Danny Green hit all 3 of his 3s in the 4th uh, quarter. He had 9. Uh, but the Heat, Gabe! Gabe Vincent, what a game. 7 of 12 from downtown. He had 26. I'd like to have a beer with Duncan, because Duncan's up and down. Jesus, 21 points for Duncan Robinson. 4 of 11 from 3. Big Budica, Larry had 14. Uh, PJ Tucker had 12 and 4. Lowry wasn't bad. It's six turnovers and four or twelve shooting, but there's a lot to be said just for his steadying influence in a game like this as well. And you look at Philly and you're like, ah, oh, jeez, do you think they could use Kyle Lowry? Mm, brutal. Philly now 15 and 14, Miami 17 and 12. The Lakers beat the Dallas Mavericks in overtime 107-104 thanks to, well, Austin Reeves hitting the game-winning three, yes, but also... The Extreme Zinger Meal. The Extreme Zinger Meal. And was it Mark Shakir Bahalo getting tangled up going for a defensive rebound? Uh, the loose ball gets tapped over to Wayne. Wayne O'Ellington nails a three. They go to overtime. So really the game should have been won by Dallas then and there. They couldn't get the rebound. Call your rebound. Do the fucking Carmelo Anthony. Fuck out of here. Nope. <sighs> they shit the bed and the ball squirted out. And they lose. Tough one, Dallas. What are you doing? Uh, because this was their game to win. Like, it was there. They had won it. And it was a really fun game. Like, there was a 15-zip run across the walls at the end of the third, into the second from Zinger, Hardaway. They were looking fun. But the Lakers, look, they pegged it back. Stayed with them all game. LeBron's still very, very, very good. <laughs> the Mavs had eked ahead. Then towards the end of the fourth, Ellington and Reeves. Like, what a weird game. Like a litany of errors at the end for the Mavs. Zinger and Kleber fighting for the rebound. They lose it. The loose ball ends up with Allington. And then the big Kleber three in overtime puts the Mavs up three. The Lakers score on a really nice play. 
with LeBron on the low block, gets it into AD in the paint, drop off to a cutting Rusty. Then they get a dart from Rusty to AD. Then Zinger, look, three goes in and out. Lakers lead. LeBron dunks, three-point lead again. And then a long, long, long Hardaway three. Tied again. Westbrook hits a three. Tight in the corner. Absolutely. Kleber hits another three off the glass. Absolute fucking chaos. And then at the very end, Austin Reeves wins the game with actually a really good like set of passes by the Lakers. It's kind of like you expect it almost at any point for one of them to like shoot it or do something. And Rusty, cutting under the bucket, kind of ends up making the very best play, kicking it to the wide open rookie who fucking nails it and gets fouled, by the way. Absolutely insane. And then uh, Reggie Bullock, hashtag sniper alert. Uh, Make sure to not affect his already shitty three-point field goal percentage by not shooting. 0.9 seconds left. Uh, Not shooting the game-tying three until after the buzzer had sounded. Good job, Reggie. Good job. What a loss for the Mavs. A, shouldn't have been in overtime. B, oh, you played so much good defense in that last possession, then Reeves... Wide fucking open. Tough one. Uh, look, but the extreme zinger meal. The extreme zinger meal. It's good to see him back and firing, isn't it? 23 and 12 with three assists, two blocks. The problem was the shot wasn't quite there. One of seven from downtown, five turnovers, eight of 23 from the floor. If he's just a little bit better, hits a couple of threes, this game is over. Uh, Brunson, 25 and nine. The dude shot 11 of 18 from the floor. He was awesome. Hardaway, the lesser, four of 11 from three. He had 20. Uh, Makshir. Three of five from three for his nine seven. Josh Green hit another three, by the way. Love that. Who's Josh Green? Josh fucking Green is his full name. Don't forget. 10, 9, and 2 for Dorian Finney-Smith. 12 on 12 for Trey Burke. But wow. The Mavs without Luca put up a good fight. But would have, should have won it. But would have, could have, should have. Can fuck off. LeBron, 24 and 5. He was awesome. 4 of 9 from downtown. That logo LeBron one was pretty gnarly. AD with 20 and 12. He had 6 turnovers. Goes 0 of 3 from 3. Left Kleber wide open on that game tie. It's like, what? Anthony, what are you doing, mate? Uh, 23, 10 and 9 for a Rusty. 1 of 4 from downtown. I love that. He gets the uh, 3 late that puts him up. Breaks the tie. He was 0 of 3 at that point. Does not Give a fuck. I love it. Ellington, three threes all in the fourth quarter for his nine point. And Austin fucking raised. What a game. Five or six from downtown, 15 points. Alex Caruso woke up in a cold sweat somewhere. It wasn't because of the COVID. Dallas, 14 and 14. The Lakers, 16 and 13. Indy shit the bed in amazing fashion against the Milwaukee Bucks today. It is our gongon for the good land. Well, it's not really our gongon for the good land at the moment because the Bucks are without seven players. They win this 114.99. He must be like, oh, Jimmy, geez, they must have kicked the shit out of him. No, it was 92-91 with nine minutes to go. And here are the next seven minutes of Indy uh, basically having the ball. Miss, shot blocked, tech foul given up. Miss, 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 foul, offensive foul. Turnover, 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 miss, goaltending violation on the other end, miss, turnover, turnover, miss, and then Keelan Martin finally makes a fucking two-point shot. Meanwhile, the Bucks were lighting it up and went on a 21-0 run. It went from 92-91 to 113-92. It was just over. Like the game just finished. It was absolutely fucking crazy. The paces. Look, 16-14-5 for Sabonis. 16 for my sweet baby carrots. I don't care. Fuck them. They don't even get to have their names read out. That is Bullshit. What an absolute mess of a team. Milwaukee didn't have Giannis. They didn't have Middleton. They didn't even have Dante Di Vincenzo. He might be back. Where's Matthews? Boogie was out for personal reasons as well. Brooke Lopez, obviously, with his back. Shemi Ojale with his calf. And they lost Indy. Fuckers. Fire that team into the sun. Drew Holiday, 26-14 and 14 with four rebounds. Huge game. 12 of 18 from the floor. 20 and 9 for fighting Bobby Borders. Fighting around the world. 20 for uh, Patty C, Patty Connaughton. Jonora at 15 and 3 steals. What an effort by the Bucks, though. Just up and down that roster. They did everything. Big win. Huge comeback. The defense down the stretch in that fourth quarter. They just fucking straight killed Indy. 
So he got straight killed. Who are now 12 and 18 and should trade everybody. Oh, we better sign Malcolm Brogdon to an extension, eh? 1911 for Milwaukee, they rule. Oh, and after this, what a run of games this was. Devontae Graham, the 61-foot, three-quarter court game winner out of nowhere, no time left, off the inbounds after Shy Redder Gilgis Alexander, SGA. Shay hits an insane three with like under two seconds left to tie it up. And it's like, here we go, we're going to overtime in OKC. Devontae Graham gets the inbound, throws up a prayer, and it goes! What? It was absolute. This was a really fun game as well. So I had it on the uh, on the other laptop. Just watching Giddy was doing great stuff. Uh, Spindles was crushing it. SGA, look, he had a smile on his face. It's one of the first times this year. Uh, no Dort, and off the Thunder went. Didn't matter. Shy ends up with 33. Goes 4 of 8 from downtown. That weird off-balance throw-in three to tie it up was insane in itself. And then Devontae Graham just upped the insanity by, like, fucking a kajillion percent. It was unreal. Gids, pretty close to another triple-double. 17-9 and set. Well, pretty close again to a triple-double. When I say another, he doesn't have one yet. But it's coming around the corner. 17-9-7. 8 of 18 shooting. 1 of 5 from downtown. Kenrick Williams was good. He hit 5 of 6 from 3. He had 17. Moose! Muscala had 16, but... Wow, what a win. Spindles Ingram, 34-8. and eight. He was really bloody good. My name is Jonas Valanciunas, 19-16. and 16. Devontae Graham, 15 points, 8 assists. He went 5 of 10 from downtown, including basically one that's what? <laughs> three times the amount of size from a three. Like, basically a triple with triple, which was incredible. Should have counted for more. If you're shooting it from the other team's three-point line, that should be six. Right? Outback takeouts. <laughs> from the other team's half, that's four. If it's from the other team's three, it's six. Fuck you. Love it. What a win. Absolute insanity. Oh, God. I was just beside myself. Rolling off the couch. Eight and 19 now for OKC. New Orleans suddenly. Nine and 21. Charlotte beat the pants of a San Antonio. 131-115. This was a belting. 46 points in the first quarter from the Hornets. Up 15. Then they just beat the shit out of him again in the third quarter. 37 to 25. Gordy Hayward was just everywhere. He had 41. He was awesome. Uh, for the Spurs, 21 for Kelton Johnson. Bryn Forbes. Bryn, your mum's best mate. Uh, 25 points off the bench. 18, 6, and 7 for Dezza White. 10, 6, and 9 for DeJunte Murray. Just not enough there to keep up for uh, the Spurs. Because the Hornets only shot 60%. They went 18 to 34 from, from 3. That's over 50%. God damn. Gordy at 41. He went 15 of 19 from the floor. Five or six from deep. What a legend. That's a huge game. 21 for Cody Martin. Uh, he went four or four from downtown. Miles Bridges had 19, 8, and 8. 13 for Terry Rose. McDaniels, 15 and 10. PJ Hamilton, Washington, 12, 9, and 7. Just scenes. Like, this is a game where Kelly Oubre can't get do, do anything. 16 minutes for him. And they still smash him. They're 16 and 14. The Hornets, Shan Antonio. Shan Antonio? San Antonio. 10 and 17. Minnesota beat the pants up at Denver, 124-107. Whoop, there it is. The Wolves went off. They're up 16 in the first, 20 in the second quarter, 23 in the third quarter. Romped at home. Look, the Nuggets sort of came at them a little bit in the fourth quarter, but they lose Marcus Howard to a brutal-looking knee injury. It's like, Jesus, how many more injuries is this team going to cop? Someone better get Dante Exum on this Denver Nuggets team ASAP. Uh, 27, 10, and 11 for Joker. Look, he's still a triple-double machine, doing everything. Unfortunately, nobody else is backing him up in the moment. Air Gordon, in 27 minutes, he had eight points. Two of six shooting. Thanks for coming, Aaron. Uh, Monty Morris, 15 and five. Zeke Naji, he was good, 13 and nine. But uh, Marcus Howard, the 14 points before he left, wasn't exactly efficient, but geez, tough-looking injury. Ant-Man, meanwhile. Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards, 38 and 5, 14 to 21, 10 of 14 from 3. That is absolutely ridiculous. 32, 4 and 4 for Carl Anthony Towns. D-Lo, D'Angelo Russell, back 16, 8 and 7 for him. Pat Bev hit some threes. He had 11 points. Denver, they're now 14 and 14. Minnesota breathing right down their neck. Uh, what's the Henry Cavill Aquaman meme? 
Uh, when you got Jason Momoa basically just about to t- crash tackle him from behind, that's now the Wolves in Denver. Clippers, they lost in Utah 124-103. This is actually a really fun game. Clippers stuck with them until basically the fourth. The Jazz just kind of gave them both barrels, hit the boosters, off they went. Gobert was like defending three dudes at once at times. Bojan turned into a flamethrower late. Donnie Mitchell was a bit quiet early and then just came alive in the second half. He was awesome. Good win. For the Jazz. Clippers, no Paul George, no Kawhi. <laughs> and they have been fighting and fighting and fighting. They got a good Bledsoe game as well, but they just couldn't quite keep up. It's one of those games where you can sort of scuffle along and beat some, you know, mediocre teams, but when you run into a team as good as the Jazz, you can't do that. Mook had 24 and 8. Mook Morris. Oh, Morris Senior. No, we're just going to call him Senior. Well, that's not his last name, is it? You idiots. Anyway. Reggie Jackson at 15 and 9, shot 16, uh, 6 of 16, though. Jesus. Bledsoe, 21 and 8 off the bench. Bloody good. He'll just go missing for another month now. Uh, Duckman, Luke Kennard, 10 points on 12 shots. Just nothing there for the Clips. Donnie Mitchell at 27 and 6. He was awesome. 10 of 15 shooting, 20 points, 17 rebounds, and 3 assists for Rudy Gobert. Just Stafford Tower. Also, some big dunks. Jeez, no one on the Clippers could contain him at all. 20 for Bojan, 6 of 7 from downtown. I talked about that flamethrower. And 21 for Jordan Jeremy Clarkson. Big win for the Yaz. They are absolutely Henry Rollins. I'll tell you that much. Jesus. That's like they're 20 and 7 now, and they've won 8 on the trot again. All they do is just go streaking. We're going streaking through the quad. 8 in a row. Awesome. Good on them. Uh, and the Clips are now 16 and 12. Memphis eked one out against Portland, 113-103. Grizz were crushing him, and then bang. 25 to 11 run to start the second half of Portland. I'm watching this, and it's like, oh, Dame's alive. Here we go. Norm's doing shit, but this wildly resilient Grizz team just reeled him in. Blew past him in the fourth. Blazers ran out of gas. Grizz went away with it. Dylan Brooks hits a seal late. Anthony Simons gave him a bit of fight down the stretch, but yeah, not quite enough to get back into it. Dame ends up with 21 on 21. Norm! Powell at 25, 6 and 5. 16 and 12 for Nurk. And my man, Anthony Simons. 22 points, 7 of 16 from the floor. 4 of 6 from deep. You love to see it. Just not quite enough anywhere else. Uh, the Grizz, Desmond Bean. 23 points. He was awesome. 5 of 8 from 3. Brooks had 22, 7 and 6 as well. And this bench for the Grizz. 37 points, slow-mo, Kyle Anderson, 13, 11, Tillman had 10, Conchar had 9, and even with Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr. having a bit of an off night, 4 of 13 shooting for him for 9 points. The Grizz withstood that and just sort of handled Portland. Like, that is incredible. They're now 9 and 1 without Jar Morant. That is absolutely fucking insane. They're 18 and 11. Flip that and reverse it. You're Portland. Well, finally, Sacramento beat Washington. 119-105. This game, I mean, whatever. The Wiz came out. They were feeling like they were pretty good, and then they got killed in the fourth quarter. They gave up 35 points, the Wiz. They were on top early. The Wiz, in the end, basically just like, oh, what do we do? How do we play basketball, man? They scored 16 points in the fourth. The Kings go off for 35. Jeez, just imagine if they had a point guard. Oh, Jimmy, Spencer Dinwiddie's not hurt it. He's playing. What? Yeah. Dinwiddie sucks. Nobody helped Brad Beal. It was like Denny Avdijo was good, but geez, what a mess the Wizards are. 35 and 5. That's 30 points. Five rebounds, five assists for Brad Beal. 13 and 24 shooting, and then nothing else. Gafford had 14 and 6. Denny Avdijo, as mentioned, handy, 15 and 5. Trez, 14 and 12. Kuzma was out of the protocols. Basically, felt like he stayed in, but he went 3 of 10 for his six points. Bertans, oh, he's back on the list, baby. Talk about that in a second. And that's the whiz. Just sort of stunk it up. Fox had 28, 4, and 4. KCP just couldn't get loose either. It's just, I don't know, something's a bit weird there in Wizard Land. Uh, 28, 4, and 4 for Fox. He was awesome. 19 for Harrison Barnes. 15 for Heald. He had four threes. 15 and 4 for Tristan Thomas as well. And Chimizzi Metu, 13 and 7. Popping up, doing good stuff. Washington now, 15 and 14. They are who we thought they were. 12 and 17 for the Kings. Right, let's do an NBA Serie Pro performance of the night. <laughs> Knife. That's a knife. I've got three here for you. How about Drew Holiday? I mentioned this. Led this comeback with just insane aplomb. 
26 points, 14 assists, just went out there and was an absolute fucking leader. Did all the hard yards. 12 of 18 he shot, though. 1 of 2 from downtown. Just remind me, again, why the Pelicans are like, nah, we need to get rid of Giroux. Why? Why? You keep Giroux, you've got spindles fucking off you. Go, you idiots. Oh, well, just, uh, we need those draft picks. Yeah, I can't wait for the fucking awesome Pelicans draft picks where they're picking at number 29. Morons. Uh, and they also got Eric Bledsoe. I don't want to be here anymore. Fuck off. Anyway, Drew was awesome for the Bucks. Great win for them. Just stomping Indy out of nowhere. And, like, obviously with missing that many players, with Giannis, with Middleton, etc., in the COVID protocols, if you can bank any wins when that happens, that's huge. So good on him. Ant-Man was obviously on fire. Fucking 14 of 21 from the floor. 10 of 14 from three. Anthony. ER, Edwards, unbelievable, 38 points, he was great, and how, let's do it, the seventh player aged uh, 20 or younger with 2,000 points in under 100 games, most threes in a game by any player this year, that's pretty bloody good, but how about Austin Reeves, how about, you want to see that's a knife, Austin Reeves is like watching Rusty hit a three, he's out there playing with a bunch of Hall of Famers, Austin Reeves is like, oh man, you're not even as good as Caruso, man, he's like, well, that's not a knife. Bang, watch this one. That's a knife. That game-winning three, absolutely insane. How are the stones? You're in overtime. The ball gets whipped around the perimeter, gets into Rusty Westbrook's hands. He finds you. You go up. You also get fouled, but you nailed the game-winning three. You absolute legend. Five of six from downtown. You also had seven rebounds and two assists. So Ant-Man, Drew Holiday, and Austin Reeves, and of course, Devontae Bloody Graham. What a game-winner! Fuck you, that was huge. I'm going to talk about it again in a second, but jeez, that was a big shot. I could not believe it because I'd tuned in. I was watching it at the end, and the SGA ties it up. I'm like, all right, we're going to overtime. Bah, what? What just happened? Did he get it off in time? And the broadcast was so shocked by it. It took them a while to get the uh, review up there as well, watch the replay, go, fuck, they did it. Absolutely insane. Devontae Graham, just tag him with a win for the Pelicans. And with the cover, which I thought was amazing. Uh, spot of the night. Spud, 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 of the night. I mean, as I mentioned, the uh, Houston Rockets, they're starters. So Jay Sean Tate, Danny Tice, DJ Augustine, Garrison, uh, Gary Bird Matthews, and Armoni Brooks, they combined to shoot... 8 of 32, four of which came from Jay Sean Tate, so everybody else was fucking horrible. And uh, I believe three of 17 from downtown, so they end up with a total of 25 points between them. Gary Bird himself went 1.0 of 6 from the floor. Yeesh, four fouls, three rebounds, one assist in 29 minutes. That's some spudworthy stuff, but Davis Batans and his stupid Amish beard, one of six from the floor, all of which were from three. It's good to have him back. Where he belongs, the Davis Bertans Memorial Spud of the Night. But uh, I have to look. There is just something about Reggie Bullock that just rubs me the wrong way. I don't know. Sniper alert! Oh of four today. Sniper alert! Oh of four. And let go of the ball. I think this is the thing that shits me up the wall the most. Right? You've seen it time and time again, where players are like, "Oh, the buzzer sounded. I didn't get off in time. Oh, geez, that's a shame that it can't go on my stats, eh?" Reggie, it's the end. You're only down by three. Shoot the fucking ball, you spud. Oh, I'm a sniper. Sniper alert. Oh, but I don't want to shoot this one that might miss. Fuck off, Reggie Bullock. Like, right after the Lakers' insane three from Reeves, there's like 0.9 seconds left. You can catch that ball and throw it at the fucking hoop. Like, you saw Devontae Graham hit the game-winning three. Reggie, at least take the fucking shot, you coward. Jesus. Anyway, old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Kevin Durant uh, tweeted uh, at Steph. So Steph, as I mentioned on yesterday's show, gave Draymond and Andre Iguodala Rolexes after he broke the three-point record yesterday. KD is third in assist to uh, Steph in all time behind Draymond and Iggy. KD tweeted at him, send the rolly. Where's KD's rolly? Steph, what's going on? Clay Thompson is uh, the fourth member of the uh, 
assisting to carry on threes. <laughs> but KD misses out on a roller. You'd be shattered. Uh, but there's two other big ones today. Old mate, no mates. Rick Carlisle. So there's a big story by Tim McMahon on ESPN about like, oh, geez, everybody fucking hated Rick Carlisle. It's like, no, it just seems like Luca was like, what well, is this fucking dude's deal, bro? And that spun out into a really, really big story about how Dennis Smith Jr. was impressed by Rick Carlisle. I was like, oh, yes, Dennis Smith Jr., noted excellent NBA player, hates Rick Carlisle. All right. Oh, he jam- he, he was really, really angry at Salah Mejri once, and then he apologized. But oh, I don't know, people didn't like And you're like, all oh, right. Um, and I like when you sort of spin a big story out of this sort of stuff. Like, we were all waiting for the tell-all and why Rick Carlisle was like, yeah, fuck it, I'm out of here, out of Dallas. And we got it eventually. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the headlines are like, the divorce with Rick Carlisle that Luka Doncic didn't ask for but desperately wanted. It's like desperately. He was, you basically read the story and he's just like, oh, that's a bit fucking weird. I mean, we're going to talk about Dennis Smith Jr. like this, my friend, like this in front of everybody. It's a bit fucky. Come on, Rick. Anyway, it turns out it's just like, yeah, he's just really fucking intense on winning, and if you're not doing the shit that he wants you to do, he'll get angry at you. It's like, oh, so he's a coach. I don't know, man. Some of these fucking stories about sort of shit just are weird to me. It's like, yeah, he's probably a bit of a dick sometimes. Sometimes he's probably not. Who knows? Still, look, it came to the end of its end of its like sort of natural tenure anyway. Boom, off you go. Uh, but Rick Carlisle feels like uh, definitely sort of old mate no mates because you got Dennis Smith Jr. jumping in on top of this as well and some other former players going, yeah, it was a bit fucky, man. You don't even know half of it. And then was it Justin Anderson going, hey, man, I thought he was just fucking a pretty tough guy whatever. Who cares? Uh, but my favorite one, old mate no mates, is still David Khan uh, because the man forever remembered as the bloke who passed Steph Curry in the draft twice. Uh, and took two different point guards, one of whom did not play uh, for a couple of years anyway and whatever, and he keeps getting asked about it, obviously, as you would. You go, hey, David, remember how you missed, uh, you passed on Steph Curry twice, you dickhead? And he's like, fuck, again? Anyway, he was asked about it. He's like, I'd be happy to talk to you just as soon as you talk to the Clippers, Memphis, Sacramento, and especially Washington, who traded the number five pick to me for four-year Miller and could have drafted Curry. It's like, well... Yes, David, but at the same time, the Clippers took Blake Griffin, Memphis took Hashim Thabit, Sacramento took uh, Tyreek Evans, Washington traded you the number five pick, sure, and they didn't take Steph Curry either. Uh, But then you had two picks to take fucking Steph Curry, and you took fucking Ricky Tiki Tata, Rupi, and Johnny Flynn. So guess who we're going to ask about it, David, you fucking idiot. What a moron. I love it. Anyway, definitely old mate no mates because every time something like a massive Steph Curry record thing happens, you do get the reminder of like, yeah, David Kahn didn't draft him. Like he went past him twice and fucked that just royally. <laughs> it's hilarious. So sucked in, dickhead. Panting of the night. Uh, Trey Mann put Sato in a blender. That's the Trey, not T-Man. That's uh, Terrence Mann, who's on the Clippers. This is Trey Mann, who is on the Oklahoma City Thunder. Put Sato, Thomas Sadoransky, in a blender. Just had him just guessing. Oh, where am I? What am I doing? Oh, he's gone to the hoop. It's pretty gnarly. But this one's obviously got to go to Isaac Okoro. I talked about this earlier. He dunked on, like, literally more than half of the Rockets on the court at once. It was vicious. It was brutal. It was assault. Like, it was insane. Seriously, he pants three dudes at once. It's almost got to be a record. Shangoon, Kenny Martin Jr. and Garuba. All under the bucket as Okoro. All basically trying to challenge as well. And Okoro dunked on all fucking three of them. The Cavs are that much fun. That's what's happening now. Okoro's dunking on three dudes. It's gnarly. I love it. And he's the one who's turned the corner in the last like four games as well. His offense has really kicked up a notch. He's been pretty streaky in the past, but jeez, when he does that, you're like, yes, that's why he's like a lottery pick. I love this. Let's go, Okoro. And finally, better than Lonzo Ball. Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you'll get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. He's coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Shengun was good tonight. 19-11 and 5 with two steals in 26 minutes. That's awesome. Uh, but of course, this one's going to go to Gabe Vincent. 
Leads the heat to the win. He was bloody massive. Seven threes just out there crushing every single minute. He was absolutely unreal. What just what a tone setter. It's like, oh well, we've got to try to win this one. 26 points, 7 to 12 from downtown, 8 to 16 overall. And of course, Austin Reeves. 5 or 6 from 3, 15 points, a plus 10, the game winning three. All of yours better than Lonzo Ball. Poor Lonzo. I just want to see Chicago play. Aww. All right. Yeah, Nas, right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys. This is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington, or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some Yanaz. They're brought to you by thedailylicker.com from East Ninth Brewing. Look, party time in Melbourne, uh, especially this Sunday. Come along to the NFL Australia Christmas party at the Catfish in Fitzroy. We'll be hanging out, drinking some beers, watching some football. Myself, my co-host Gaz, some uh, other folks just chilling, not ill. It's going to be great. So come along to the Catfish this Sunday. Otherwise, party time. If you're going to rock up somewhere, rock up with some booze, would you? Beers, wines, cocktails, everything you need is at thedailyliquor.com. Don't get the Omicron Percy I ate COVID. Bring the bottle out of you at thedailyliquor.com. Bang in the code straight out. You'll get a free six-pack on your mate, Jimmy. Remember, this is for the metro Melbourne area. Same-day delivery, though, if you order before noon. So go check it out. Smash thedailyliquor.com. Bang in that code straight. Get a free six from me. Right. Yeah, Nas. Uh, does Danny Ainge help the Jazz? Yeah, nah. I mean, yeah. Because, I mean, just think about it this way. No... Old no trader Danny is going to be so paralyzed trying to make the world's most awesome fucking trades that he wins and nobody else wins that nothing will happen. And that'll probably actually be fine for the Jazz, who are already really good. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of funny and a bit weird, right? Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, you look at all the, uh, oh, look at the Jazz, look at the trades that he pulled off in Boston. It's like, yeah. He basically took advantage of teams that needed to offload somebody. You know, the uh, the poor Billy King in the Nets, 2013, just goes, well, well you can have poor Pierce and Kevin Garnett for all of your picks for the next, like, six years. And Billy King's like, I don't give a fuck. I've got this crazy Russian in charge, of course. And then the uh, Kyrie Irving trade, that worked out horribly anyway for everybody, but still. Otherwise, no trade to Danny. Oh, we almost traded this for that. Good on you, Danny. Love that. Anyway, uh, but he'll help. Obviously, we'll talk about that in a second again. Caruso, do you reckon he's jealous of Austin Reeves? Yeah, nah. Nah, Caruso's fine. Have you seen his girlfriend? <laughs> he's also getting paid more than he would have been. He asked for a pay cut from the Lakers. He went, this is the contract I'm being offered. You offer me a little bit less, I'll stay with you guys. And the Lakers, nah, we're good. Now they've got Austin Reeves. But Caruso's like, nah, man, I'm good. I've got my own team. Hanging out in Chicago. I'm the next MJ. Devontae Graham was that the most insane game winner we're going to get this year. Yeah, nah, because yes, of fucking course. It was the most insane game winner we've had in 25 years. The longest game-winning buzzer beater over the last 25 years. That is absolutely incredible. When he hit that shot, I nearly fell off the fucking couch. It was awesome. It was insane. And yeah, I don't think we're going to see anything like it for a little bit. That, but at the same time, Reggie Bullock, this is why you fucking try. Come on. Absolutely insane. The longest game-winning buzzer beater in 25 years, Devontae Graham. That was insane. You absolute legend. Unpopular opinion of the day, though. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. I mean, didn't the Danny Ainge thing feel just a little bit unnecessary? Like, does Justin Zanuck actually really need a boss? To rubber stamp his, like, stuff. I don't know, man. Like, it's Ryan Smith's money to give away. Like, fine. Um, bring him home. Sure. It just also probably gives you, like, another smart basketball brain in the building. Sure. And, I mean, for Danny Ainge, this is great. He just gets paid a shit ton of money. Let's Justin Zanuck do all the actual hard yards. <laughs> and then sort of probably jumps on the blower every so often when Zanuck's like, I've worked at this trade. And Danny's like, give me the phone. Right, we want this, this, and this, and this, or fuck off. And then it's like, click. He's like, sorry, Justin, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> or Justin brings him shit and just 
Danny can say yay or nay. Great spot for Danny. I think the Jazz, though, it is interesting because it does bring in like an outsider's perspective. And as much as I'm like, well, they're already fucking good, they maybe do need that outsider perspective if they need to shake something up, right? Like the Donnie Mitchell, Gobert, Bojan, Jordan Jeremy Clarkson, Jingles. Like bringing in Rudy Gay feels really, really smart. And Danny can, though, you know, bring in a bit of a, you know, experience, a bit of outside of view to go, look, this is maybe something different we could do. So I think it's okay, but I don't know. I don't know if it was really necessary. Whatever. Uh, Outback Takehouse, however. It's Thursday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah, two-for-one blooming onions, because you fat bastard Americans are like, let's deep-fry fucking everything, including onions. That's right, in Australia, just throw this shit on the barbie. What are you talking about? Put it on a saucy, off you go. But you want to deep-fry to make it look like a flower? Fucking whatever. Only at Outback. And today's Flame Grilled Takes... <laughs> frame, flame Grilled Take, there you go. Comes from one of those walking sacks of shit who thinks supporting Trump makes them important. Steph Curry wouldn't have made it a hunt, made it 25 minutes on a basketball court in the 80s and 90s when the NBA game included defense and teamwork. Breaking the three-point record means nothing in 2021. Oh, God. Don't you hate these fucking mouth-breathing, obviously fucking weird racist Trump dipshits? You know? Like, ah, oh, well, defense and teamwork were much bigger and higher in the 80s and 90s. Like, are you fucking serious? Just because, like, you could lay a bit more wood in the fucking 80s and 90s didn't mean there was, like, more teamwork. <laughs> Just watch some of the shit from back then and then compare it to now. Watch the ball fizz around the court. Watch the defenses on a string trying to defend just, like, a routine possession. And then come back to me and talk about defense and teamwork. But also, like, this is just, you know, weird dog whistling racist shit because, you know, the generation warfare boomer baiting dumb fuckery that you see on Twitter all the time where it's, like, this decry the new me first generation... It's like, oh, they're all just so selfish now. It's like, motherfucker, did you watch Kobe play? Did you watch Jordan? Did you watch Dominic Wilkins? Did you watch? What the fuck are you talking about? And it feels very much like, you know, why can't they be like those nice, hardworking, tough guys from the 80s and 90s? The same ones that you used to shit on for wearing hip-hop clothes, you fucking racist dipshits. Uh, anyway, but of course, like, even just breaking the three-point record means nothing in 2021. It's like, well, I'm pretty sure it does. Like, Reggie said it in 97 by going past Dale Ellis. <laughs> Obviously the pinnacle of basketball. And then Ray... Look, that stood for a very long time. Like, Ray Allen breaks it in 2011. Did it mean nothing then? I don't know where this dipshit was when he said that, but either way. This is literally like, yeah. LeBron James wouldn't last 15 minutes in the 80s. It's like, he would dominate then as well, you idiots. Anyway, quick uh, Australian player watch right after this... This is Shane Hill, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Australian player watch Jingles against the Clippers today. A bit of a rough one. Didn't get his usual revenge against LA. Uh, copped a tech, which was some bullshit anti-Australian bias. Uh, ends up with one of five from the floor, all of which were three. So three points, one rebound, five assists, two fouls. Uh, Matty T. Couldn't hit anything against Miami. It was brutal to watch. Zero points. 0 of 5 from the floor. 0 of 3 from 3. Just after you were hoping he'd sort of turned a corner in the last couple of games as well. But he did have one assist, one steal, and two blocks. Because he is, he is a defensive menace. One turnover as well. Josh Green! That's right. Green, he got back out there against the Lakers. 10 minutes. 1 of 1 from the floor, which was a 3! Out of nowhere, he's just become an absolute gun 3-point shooter. After not hitting one, basically, the entire... Well, he literally didn't hit one the entire year until uh, basically in the last week when he's like, oh, guess what? I'm going to shoot threes now and do nothing but fucking hit him. And that's exactly where we're at with Josh Green. And I fucking love it. He's hit one in the last three games. So he's gone three of four over the last three games. That's awesome. What a legend. Uh, he also had three. So the three points, he also had two rebounds and two steals. Josh Giddy, Giddy up. The Pelicans, in that loss, he had 17 points, 9 rebounds, 7 assists, as mentioned. Uh, but he also shot 8 of 18, 1 of 5 from downtown, 1 steal, 1 turnover. And Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landau got out there too. You love to see a, a, block, a blowout 
for the Spurs against the Hornets. It meant jock time. And usually, I don't associate blowout and jocks as a good thing. Usually. Because usually it's very, very messy and horrible. <laughs> but blowout and jock at the moment is great. Because there's Landau getting out there for six minutes. He goes for four points. Two of five from the floor. O of two from downtown. Got to shoot him. Four rebounds. One assist. One block. One turn. In six minutes. That's awesome. A 4-4, one assist, one block game, and he was a plus 10 in those six minutes. In a game they got killed by. So, you love, love, love to see it. I mean, at least I do. I don't know how you go and feeling about it, but I loved it a lot. Uh, Right, what about, should we do Kiwi Corner? I think we ought to. Let's go to Kiwi Corner before we do uh, the Diary of Stephen Adams tomorrow. All right, so... Since we last checked in on the uh, big Kiwi, he's been doing all right. The rebound numbers have uh, gone up pretty substantially. So he had four points, 13 rebounds, and two assists against the Lakers uh, before, just after we would have checked in on last week. On the weekend, played 21 minutes, had six points, nine rebounds, and three assists against Houston. Bloody good. They've won all four of these uh, games that they've played this week as well. Six and four with one assist and one steal against the Sixers in that huge big win. Uh, in only 20 minutes as well. And then today, 10 points, 14 rebounds. Just a lazy double-double for the Kiwi with two assists and three steals. He shot four or six from the floor today as well and two or two at the line, which is good because he'd uh, been struggling. to put an, He'd gone, I think, four of 12 in the previous uh, couple of games. So not ideal, but there you go. Good stuff from the Kiwi corner. And uh, if we go over to Patty Mills' Game Day Ball or Game Day Twitter check-in, this one's just Patty Mills' Instagram, which is, you know, basically one of those things that's ever inspiring and always the most fun thing pretty much ever. Uh, yesterday I had the awesome one, heart and grit for this burrow. Staying in the experience, I call it the portal. And just pictures of him hanging out, seeing the Brooklyn vibes, hugging folks in the net stuff, knocking in threes over the top of the Raptors, hanging out with a dog and his missus. Beautiful photos down by the uh, Brooklyn waterfront. I don't know where that is. Ha, awesome. Wonder if uh, Patty's like living in one of the buildings that my mates lived in. Looks like it. Anyway, but he's uh, getting together with that, you know, absolutely decimated team of theirs, getting some hugs in. And then just a beautiful Christmas tree photo. You love to see it. Patty thrills, you absolute star. I wonder if that's their dog because it's very cool, very cool and very cute. Love it. All right. Let's do some game previews, shall we? Game previews. Game previews. Thanks, inadvertent Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's the dog going? Oh, yeah. Long day today. Got a hairy. We've got the squid's birthday on the weekend. And, uh, you know, I had to get a hairy just in time, which is good. Uh, but I'm still ruined. Jeez, I'll tell you what. Go for one run. <laughs> just dead. Oh, too much cricket. Too much pub cricket. Uh, Wait, we have 11 games today. What the fuck did I say nine earlier? Anyway, we went one, two, <laughs> three, four, five. Five of 11 today. Not bloody bad. Uh, missed on a couple of them pretty badly. So five of 11 today leaves us at, isn't it always fun just to listen to me do maths all at once? 231 of 417 for the year. Not bad. And uh, yeah. Pretty happy I doubled down on the Jazz game at the end of uh, today. <laughs> just saying. Tomorrow, we've got four games. We've got Detroit at Indy. This is just a horror show. After Indy yesterday, I have no idea what to think about this game. Detroit are 10.5-point underdogs. They do fight a little bit hard, but, I mean, Indy are the sort of team that, after being embarrassed that badly, could bounce back and just kick the shit out of a team like Detroit, who, in terms of size, without Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant there and stuff, like, you never know. I kind of want to go Indy minus 10 and a half, but ugh, I don't trust him. Do you trust him? Because I don't. I'm going to go Detroit plus 10 and a half. Fuck it. <laughs> That's, this is what you get, Indy. You do that, and this is how I respond. Uh, Philly, they go to Brooklyn on a back-to-back. The decimated Brooklyn Nets playing against a uh, Philly team with a bit of size. The Nets are half-point favorites at home. I might have to go with Philly. I'm not going to like it, but I'm just... ugh. Doesn't sit right, but half-point underdogs Philly on a back-to-back. More healthy than Brooklyn is basically where I land. KD and Patty could probably still beat Philly by themselves. I wouldn't be surprised, but they have zero answer for Embiid, so give me uh, Philly. That depends on if Embiid would play on a back-to-back anyway. Hmm. 
I think I might have talked myself out of that. Let's go Brooklyn. <laughs> minus zero. Minus a half point. Ah, what else we got? We've got the Knicks hosting Houston. Oh! The 1994 NBA Finals rematch. The Knicks playing the Rockets on a back-to-back. The Knicks desperately need to win this. Six and a half point favorites. I think I'm going to take the Knicks. And uh, yeah, Houston just got obliterated by the Cavs today. And the Knicks, yeah, six and a half points. They need to win this very, very badly. <laughs> so that will kill them, I think. And finally, Phoenix, eight and a half point favorites against Washington. They're a mess at the moment. I'm going to go the Suns, eight and a half points. And uh, there we go. Nice, easy, cool. Well, we'll wrap all that up for you tomorrow, won't we? That's what we do. And uh, in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facebook, IG. We're all over the socials. Check out NFL Australia with myself and Gaz. Good episode this week. And, of course, we've got the NFL Australia Christmas party this Sunday at the Catfish in Fitzroy in Melbourne on Gertrude Street. Good times. Going to watch the Colts and Patriots game. Should be gnarly. Can't wait. Come get some hangs in. Drink some beers. Drink some Bloody Marys. What do you reckon? Adam with World Wrestling Australia. Go check that out over on YouTube. Just search World Wrestling Australia on YouTube. We'll follow FWCIE on Twitter. All of his good stuff, reaction videos, all the good stuff. Check it out. NBAstraya.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Uh, check us a rating and review on your podcast app. Always do that. Manscaped.com. Use the code Straya. You get 20% off and free shipping. TheDailyLiquor.com. Use the code Straya. Get a free six-pack. Knowable. Bang in the code Straya. You get 20% off at Knowable as well. And uh, big thanks of all. I've got to go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. Check out their new band, House Hats. And, of course, thanks go to Joshua Delorentis. Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa, Sex Jedi, Green, 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 and Dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Have you listened to your tunes or follow your bands? Get around them. NBA Australia supports Australian bands. So should you. All right, we're going to finally close out today's show with the new Jingles HR. It's about Christmas parties. Uh, love it. All right. He's answering a question from Patty in Brooklyn as well, BT Dubs. That'd be nice. All right, we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And later, Jose. G'day, Joe Ingalls here, head of Jingles HR, the world's leading HR solutions firm. Yep, because when I'm not sinking threes, blowing kisses, watching the cricket, looking after my kids, or steam cleaning all the furniture in the mansion I own in Paul George's head, I am the world's leading HR expert, helping you with all your HR questions and problems. So, let's get to this week's question, shall we? It comes from Patty in Brooklyn. Oh, I might know who this is. G'day Joe, Patty here, first year in the new job, Christmas party coming up, any tips for a new face in town? Cheers baller, Patty Brooklyn. Oh, cheers Patty, how good is this? Merry Christmas mate, cheers for writing in. Yeah, look, being in a new job, a new situation and having the Christmas party around the corner is always a bit weird and I've gotten a lot of letters about this and Christmas holiday parties in general and all I've got to say, my advice is this, it's really bloody simple here at Jingles HR. Just don't be the drunkest person there. And that's it. Literally, that's it. Everyone only remembers the person who tried to fight the boss, gets kicked out of their own party or slept in the gutter out the front of the office. You know, because you can cause as much havoc as you like as long as you're not the worst person. Seriously, you can get shit-faced, you can do dumb shit. And Christmas parties are great times to connect and really become mates and have shared experiences with the folks you work with. So... You know, you keep your head on a swivel, have a bit of fun, just don't be the worst person. It's really bloody easy. Like, the worst person who gets fucking shit-faced falls into the river. You know, that kind of bloke. Because everyone's going to be talking about them come Monday, and they're going to be just sitting there going completely sheepish. You can do whatever the fuck you want as long as you don't hit those heights. It's great. So, But also do remember, from a HR perspective, Christmas parties aren't an excuse to be gross or weird or inappropriate. I mean, that's why I defy my old co-HR manager, Cheryl. I mean, what she did to that intern was just inexcusable. Jesus, we're going to be cleaning up those stains for years. Anyway, but still, have fun, be safe, and cause a bit of havoc. Just remember to try and stay a little socially distant in these COVID times. But also, really, just remember, don't be that guy, you know, because 
as we always say here at Jingles HR, you can get away with whatever you bloody want as long as you're not the bloody worst. All right, there you go. That's it for this week. Merry Chrissy. Have a good time at your Christmas parties, everyone. We'll see you next week. I've been Joe Ingalls. Get some Chrissy up ya. 